maybe, you know. Good graphics, you know, good whatever special effects. Very well. Um, wow. Should I put that lower down, you think, or is that okay? Is that okay? All right. Um, we're going to talk this morning about intimacy, and I'm, I'm thinking I've got a keynote up there somewhere, correct? We're getting that together. Okay. We're going to talk about intimacy, and Joe and Sarah did a great job yesterday. Don't you love Joe and Sarah? You know, it's hard, uh, hard not to love them. And, um, uh, you know, we're a great couple. But we're going to kind of talk about intimacy as well, but in a little bit different light. And, uh, you know, as the Lord um, gave us marriage, really, for us to understand uh, how He feels about us. Because in the grand scheme of things, for all forever and ever and ever and ever, we are going to be married to Jesus Christ. Right? And that's really the marriage, in His mind, that is the premier marriage, right? But He uh, gives us marriage on this earth. This is face it, He could have done it any way He wanted to. He didn't have to make men and women. He could make us all the same. He didn't have to make, you know, little kids and all. But he did this so we would know how he feels about us when we fall in love with our spouses. That he has fallen in love with us, right? And uh, I, uh, Psalm 147, verse 11. I can walk around. This is kind of cool. Uh, one for, uh, back I said. 147, Psalm 147, verse 11. It says, he delights in those who fear him. And, you know, just, just to kind of think about it here, when you think about all the people we invite to church and how many of them actually come to church, you know, you think maybe one in whatever, 20 people that say, you know, I have an interest in God and that sort of thing. And the people that we invite to church that actually become Christians, or we invite to church to study the Bible, maybe one person really studies the Bible maybe out of two or three, that say, I want to find out even more about Jesus, get even more serious about God. And how many of them actually become Christians that actually study the Bible, maybe one and whatever, five or so. And then how many people that become Christians last, past their fifth year after all the testing, you're now down to one and what? And you're that one. Now can you see how much God delights in you? You have passed all of those tests. And, I mean, that's who you are. And so, and so when Jesus says that he is excited to marry you, you can see why. He delights in those who fear him. You have passed all of those tests, and you have proved genuine. You're the real deal. Am I doing something wrong? Okay? Alright. You're the real deal. And he cannot wait for there to be an eternal marriage with you. And so really the intimacy that we have in our marriage is just really a reflection that God wants us to say the real intimacy we have is with is with him. Are you with me right there? Okay, now let's talk about intimacy in our marriages. Next slide. You know, when you ask guys, uh, you know, it's funny, I asked my wife, you know, uh, during the marriage retreat, I said, uh, what, would you, uh, what would you like to see different in our sexual relationship? And she said, well, I'd like there to be uh, candles, and I'd like there to be music. And remember this date and that date, like these dates. And it really kind of threw me, because I asked her, what would you like to see different in our sexual relationship? <laughs> 
no, no, honey, I don't think you understood the question. Uh, but, you know, it kind of helped me understand the difference when even, even the words we use, how they're perceived differently from men and from women, right? And you think, well, God, what do you have in mind here? Why don't you just make the woman the same as the man? Wouldn't that be awesome, guys? And, and In the sense of the sexual relation, you think, wow, we'd never get out of bed. You know what I'm saying right here? Uh, well, God, why didn't you make it that way? And really the reason he didn't make it that way is, is so we would have to use him and depend on him to help us figure each other out and to bond us. We need God in order to figure this thing out in order to bond us. And if he made us both the same, we wouldn't need that, right? But we really do need him. But once we do bond, we're so appreciative of the difference, right? Ladies, you, you know, you can feel like he's just a beast, you know, an animal. Is all, but really, when you think of marriage, outside of the sexual relationship, um, if we didn't have the sexual relationship, what's the difference between just being buddies? Right? Uh, we need, the sexual relationship is the only difference between your buddy and your spouse. On the other hand, guys say, so why do we need this unnecessary intimacy stuff? Let's just get to it. Well, no, because God has made you in such a way is that you need it, whether you know you need it or not. And you know you need it once it's there and you feel it. You think, oh, this is good, this intimacy that I feel for this other person. But it's not necessarily something that hits you aside the head. I need intimacy. Where is it? But once it's there, you see how much you do need it, right? And so God works this wonderful thing he's got, he's got going here. But you've got to touch each other's heart. And guys, you've got to touch her heart before you touch her body. Next slide, please. You know, one of the things that really uh, uh, has always amazed me is in Proverbs 31, uh, the Proverbs 31 woman. But what amazed me more than the Proverbs 31 woman was King Lamel, Lemuel. Whatever he, how do you pronounce the dude's name? The guy who wrote it, he wrote it about his wife. Now I'm going to read this to you, and you guys think, what was he thinking about uh, his wife? How does he feel about his wife here? And all the things we're going to talk about today, almost none of them deal with the actual sexual relationship. We're taking a step back and just talking about the intimacy of the relationship. Are you with me here? And so you're going to say, what are your points? Really, don't think of these as points. They're just a bunch of gems. Not... Not points, okay? This is like, okay, here we go. This is Psalm, oh, I'm sorry, Proverbs 31.10. This is a, a man and how he feels about his wife. A wife of noble character, who can find? She's worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She's like, a mer- like the merchant ships bringing food from afar. She gets up early while it's still dark. She provides food for her family, portions for her servants, girls. She considers a field and buys it out of her earnings. She plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds a distaff and, discre- and grasps um, the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes covering for her bed. She is clothed with 
fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes a seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies uh, the merchants with sasses. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Women, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned. Let her works bring her praise at the city gate. But that guy had a good night that night. <laughs> but what does this tell you? This tells you about how this man felt about his wife. Well, he put some time into this. A lot of time. Let me just consider her. And, you know, he's on a roll. He's on a roll. Oh, that's true. Oh, but that, oh. And this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this. His heart is so full of this wonderful gift God has given him. Are you trying to tell me that a woman this driven, she's driven. I mean, she's got businesses going. She's got, are you trying to tell me she doesn't have some control issues? You, you know, you know, are you trying to tell me this woman... Uh, as powerful as she is, and as much as she isn't a little negative around the house when he's blowing it, are you trying to tell me there aren't... But that's not what you hear. I'm sure this woman had a sinful nature, but that's not what you hear. That's not what he has trained his heart and his head to think about his wife. True intimacy. How Jesus sees you because of his blood. How he chooses to see you because of his blood. Perfect. That's how he chooses to see you. This is how we need to choose to see each other in our marriages. There is so much good. And when this happens, there, you, don't you like people that like you? I don't know about you. If, I, if somebody says, you know, you're this and you're, you're great and you're this, and you're, I, I, I like you. <laughs> you're, pre, you're pretty awesome yourself. We just like people to like us, don't we? And so if you're, if you're sitting there and, and your wife and her husband is, is, is in your side, you just go, I like you too. You can't help it, can you? And this is uh, just such a foundational thing in terms of our intimacy. You know, we need to encourage each other in areas that we're in, where we're insecure. You know, every time I'm done preaching, everybody can tell me, great job, great job. I want to hear from one person. Mary, how did I do? And uh, she'll tell me. You know, if I need to change some things, she'll tell me. I value that. But I want, I want to see, how, how did I do? Why? Because I can feel insecure, right, about that area. Women can feel insecure. Can you not, ladies? Husbands, do you know where they feel insecure? You need to know that. Because those are the very areas you need to encourage them, right? And even from a spiritual perspective, where do they feel insecure spiritually? Those are areas they need encouragement, Right? We need to train how we think. Next slide, please. Proverbs 24, verse 3 and 4. Let's go ahead and uh, turn there. It's a great passage. By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and, be rare and beautiful treasures. 
What that says is, is through understanding and wisdom, your house is going to be filled with rare and beautiful gems and treasures. What does that mean? Well, basically, I found what I was doing, I was studying my needs in the marriage, and I was studying her sin. In other words, I was studying my needs. I need, I need, I need. And I was studying her sin. No, I can't believe it. Right? And it should be the reverse. I should study her needs and my sin. And what are you in the habit of doing? Whose, whose sin do you study most in the marriage? Your sin or her sin? And whose needs do you study most? Whose needs fill your heart and your head? You know, your wife's needs, what does she need today? How does she need me? What does she need? Or do you study your own needs? And uh, as we study the other one, really it's kind of a discovery kind of thing. You find out so many cool things about your spouse once you start studying them um, that you didn't know before. You know, uh, what, what are the gems that you've learned about your wife? It's a discovery kind of thing. And it's a wonderful discovery once you get your eyes off your stinking self and focus on another person. A discovery starts happening. It's a wonderful world of discovery when you really study their needs. Amen? Next, please. 1 Peter 4 8 says, Love covers over a multitude of sins. Right? Um, you know, and that's true. In other words, when we do a lot of great things for the other, the other one feels loved, and they can overlook our sins, and they have this feeling of love, right? And it can lead to a lot of good things. But um, what happens, there's a difference the way men and women see, this is the, the points, this is a bonus point system we're going to talk about here. The guy says, uh, I went to work today, I had a struggle in the commute to provide for my family, that's 10,000 points that she should give me. Um, and I, I made her coffee. That's another 5,000 points. Uh, and I even did the dishes. <laughs> 6,000 points. And she, you know, she, she did the laundry. That's a point. Uh, you know, she made dinner. That's another point. This is the problem guys have. And so when it comes to the physical relationship, it says, I am just given. Look at the points differential. Now give. Give to me. The problem is, the woman says, yeah, you went to work. That's a point. Uh, you know, you made the coffee. That's a point. Did the, co- the, the dishes. That's a point. Now let me tell you what I did today. So she's got 14 points, and at the end of the day, he has three. And so when he says, oh, you should give me because look at how many points I have. Even if you don't say it, you know, gimme, gimme, look at the point system. She said, yeah, let's look at the point system. I have 14, you have 3. Now that can be a little depressing. But the truth of the matter is, guys, here's a little secret that's not depressing. The way women's minds work is going to work and you think, all that time was one point, but you know what? Texting her, I love you, is also one point. They have equal weight and value. Uh, doing chores around the house, that's another point. Do 
doing just about anything gives you a point. So you can actually... Now, let me tell you, the reason guys don't do this is those little niceties don't mean anything to him. They're saying, if you want to do something for me, let's get naked and go to the bedroom. That's some points. So that's why guys don't necessarily do those little things, because they don't mean much to him. But guys, you got to understand, all those things add up to points. So at the end of the day, if you're smart, you can end up with 20, and she could have 14, and then it's all good to go. It's just a little secret I thought I'd share with you. Just a little secret. Intimacy. Business time. Business. Let's get to business. Okay, next slide, please. You know, one of the things I think that's important in intimacy, because we're so different, uh, we don't really understand each other. It's still, I've been married 27 years, it amazes me how my wife thinks. Because I just don't think the way she thinks. I don't prioritize the way she prioritizes. I don't value certain things she values. Take holidays, for example. I mean, we are two different worlds when it comes to holidays. We're not even in the same stratosphere when it comes to holidays, right? Um, So, to have true intimacy, it's very simple. We simply need to ask each other questions. Guys, I know this is a hard concept. And a lot of times we don't ask questions because we don't want to know the answers. So you can do that. You can stay ignorant until the day you die and not have true intimacy. Or you can face the answers now, get it figured out, and have true intimacy the rest of your life. Up to you. Questions like, what can I do to make you feel loved and appreciated by me? Trust me, she's been waiting for you to ask that question for a long time. How can I lead you more effective spiritually? This is more the guys to the girls. I'll get to the girls. Don't worry, guys. What are some things I can do to encourage you spiritually? How can I help you relieve your stress? How can I best serve you in dealing with our children? What can I do to heighten your desire for physical intimacy? What can I do to make you feel like our family is the priority? Trust me, guys, asking those questions, you want true intimacy? Those are the questions to ask. And don't just ask them. Once you get the answers, you've got to work on what's been discussed. So you've got to tell guys this stuff. Asking the question isn't what brings it. That will bring some part of intimacy. See, guys think, oh, this is it, I just asked the questions, and that's intimacy. No, 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 see, we got to, ladies, you think, we're kidding? We're not kidding, we're that dense, really, honest, we're that dense. Uh, Once you ask the question, you find things out, and then you start working on them, and all of that together brings intimacy, right? Ladies. When's the last time you asked your, ask, ask your husband the question, what are your sexual desires that are not being met right now that you want me to fill, to fulfill? A lot of ladies, you don't ask that question because you're afraid what they're going to say. But I'm telling you, if you don't ask that question and you don't fulfill them, I can tell you where their mind's going, or at least tempted to go. Wouldn't it be better that you're the one fulfilling those? Are you with me? 
How can I make you feel more loved by me? Ladies to your husbands. In what ways can I be more submissive to you? How do you feel about that, ladies? You want, you want intimacy? Um, ladies, I'm telling you, you want intimacy. Here we go. Alright. Next, please. Guys, in the, in the physical intimacy department, you know, we've got to be patient. She may not respond the way you would like her to respond, and patience is a virtue here, is it not? And you know, really, one of the great things we can do is, if you just say, honey, sex now, typically that doesn't work, because her mind is thinking, you know, remember that thing? Her mind's all over the place, and honey, sex now does not want to, you know, it's, it's in, which you could, and preparing, being patient, preparing is, honey, how about tonight? Uh, we have some romantic time. And typically you prepare her. Okay, now I can get my, my, my thing, my head around that and kind of get myself ready for that. You with me? Get your business socks on. Okay. Next, please. Ladies, what you need to do is in, in your prayers and your heart, just always be ready. Just be ready. If the husband's patient and the woman's ready, you're going to have a good, good time. But be ready. You with me? Ladies, be ready. Because the, the urge doesn't hit the hubbies at the time you'd like it to. And you all know that. you got to be ready. And in that way, really, you do show love to him. Because he knows you're not feeling at that moment, but he knows you're sacrificing for him. I mean, next place. You know, here's a, another difference here, men and women, is uh, that we've got to understand, just from a physiological standpoint, women have sensual perceptors all over their bodies. And actually, the sensual perceptors that are the slowest to respond are the ones the men want to go to right away. Right? We want to go right forward and, you know, it's like, whoa, you know. But women have sensory, women have sensory receptors all over their bodies. Therefore, you know, and, uh, you know, your back rubs or earlobe rubs or temple rubs or foot rubs or all the, all the different things that are sensory perceptors. Uh, have sensory perceptions until the woman says, yes, now touch the other ones. And, and you go, you got to have them be the ones to, now, I want this. Verse, you me? Now, men are a little different. They've really got one main sensory perceptor. See, now, ladies, you don't understand that, and so you're playing with their earlobes, and <laughs> And the guys are thinking, that's, that, that, that's nice and all, but give me that hand. Wham! I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a little different. A little different.
just certain things, but if we understand about each other, it goes a long way, right guys? Set us free. Okay, let's get, it's getting too hot in here. Next, please. All right. No, that's uh, but who's, you can see who's talking there, can't you? Um, you know, true intimacy comes through communication. Uh, guys, did you hear me say that again, the guys? True intimacy comes through communication. True intimacy comes through communication. Got that, guys? Okay. Uh, you know, there is nothing in me that says, I've got to talk to my wife right now and just spill my guts. That, that just never happens. Now, wives, that's kind of depressing, isn't it? But it's just true. That's just it. Rarely does that happen. Um, but, guys, we've got to understand that happens to our wives all the time. And we have got to incorporate in our days uh, 15 minutes of uninterrupted, everything's off, you are looking straight at each other and talking. Now women say, I need more than 15 minutes. Gee, what is that? Let me help you. If you just say 15 minutes to a guy, I'm trying to help you. A guy says, I can do 15 minutes of uninterrupted talk, right? Let me tell you what happens. Some days, those 15 minutes, you know, you're not feeling much, he's not feeling much, it's 15 minutes. Other days, as you start talking, the bonding and intimacy comes. You're talking about this, you're talking about that, and it's more than 15 minutes. And the guy isn't saying, oh, let's stop talking. Why? Because now his heart has been involved. But you need to set aside 15 minutes every day, uninterrupted, turn everything off, and talk about it. Mary just had to talk to me this morning because we had a crazy week. And uh, she's typically one that says, Kevin, we've lost our rhythm in this this week. We need to get it back. And that's okay. She's typically the one that kind of feels this. But then I have to say, okay, Kevin, a lot red flags. You better, you better figure this one out now or else, right? Or else. Not or else, but just or else. All right. Next, please. Ephesians 5.21 says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Does it not? And Ephesians 5.22 says, Wives, submit to your husbands in everything. You can say, well, that doesn't make sense. You just said, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then you said, wives, submit to your husbands in everything. If you're a husband, you love 22. If you're a wife, you love 21. But both of them are scripture, right? And sometimes we're raised in these households where submission, the guy just, you know, I am the, the man of the house. And we do what I say, when I say, how I say. And then we will have peace in this house. You know, at one point in our marriage, submission and, and leadership was a huge issue in the first six years of our marriage. You know, somebody said, oh, that was, yesterday I said, Kevin, and said, oh, Kevin, I just, I, I relate so much to your first year of marriage. I said, that wasn't the first year, honey. It was the first about six. Uh, but, the concept here that, that God is saying, men, lead your wives, wives submit to your husbands, but then we're to submit to one another. What's it, how does this work? The way it works, guys, if you're smart, you figure this one out. And what it is is, you submit to your wives as much as possible on as many levels as possible as you can possibly submit to her. Honey, can you take out the garbage? You stop what you're doing, you take out the garbage. Honey, it seems to me we need this. Boom. You stop what you do and you do what you ask. 
I need to do the dishes. You stop what you do and you do the dishes. Wait a minute. No, that means she's leading and I'm submitting. No, it doesn't. You're creating an atmosphere of submission. James 3.17 says, The wisdom that comes down from God is submissive. So the whole atmosphere in the house is, you have some need, I'm there. You have a need, I'm there. You have a need, I'm there. And then what happens when the really times that the husband has to say, Honey, I hear what you're saying, but we're going in the other direction. If you have that atmosphere already set up in your household, when you have to have times, when you have to have times when the husband has to look, say, this is the direction we're going, the wife says, okay, that sounds good. Why? Because you've set an atmosphere of submissiveness in the whole house. Are you with me here? Next, please. Affection. Who is a, a, a couple, who's the most affectionate? Uh, it wasn't a question I was asked yesterday. Who's the most affectionate? We only have three hands. None of you are affectionate. Okay, most affectionate. You know, affection is really does lead to intimacy. But we've got to communicate in terms of what type of affection does it for you and actually doesn't do it for you, and when and where does affection does or doesn't do it. I mean, sometimes I just look at Mary and I think, she's the most beautiful woman on the planet, and I just want her just to just kiss and just go nuts. We're at the campus conference. I look over. She's beautiful. And I just start kissing her right there as we're listening to the speaker. And she says, Kevin, what are you doing? There's campus students looking at us. I'm thinking, they know we're married? This will inspire them. One day they can have this. She wasn't feeling it. So I think we've got to be sensitive to each other. You with me here? In terms of communicate what, what is and what isn't appropriate, but what the guy can do is, fine, fine, see I've ever nuzzle you again, and we can just say, feel rejected, and just forget it, that's not good, right, but you've got to communicate what is good, what isn't good, when is it good, when it's not good, and, and affection is a wonderful part of our marriage, that playfulness is a wonderful part, uh, but needs, we need to communicate when, what, how, and all that, amen, next please. You know, the cross is a huge, huge part of our intimacy and our marriage relationship. We've been talking about a lot how the cross impacts it uh, the last couple of days. But you know, what happened on a cross? Jesus sacrificed his life for us, right? In a, in a, in a healthy marriage, the couples will sacrifice for each other. You know, there was a, a guy that called me... Uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, he is a, is a ministry guy, and uh, he, you know, he had this bump with his wife, this, that, and the other, and it seems somewhat significant, and I said, what I want you to do is, is go ahead and cancel your plan, ministry plans the next day, and spend it with her, you've got to really show her the priority of the relationship, well, this particular guy didn't want to do that, no, you don't understand, it's important, this is important, that, this, all these things. That even makes it better that it's that important. Well, what would the other guys think if I just cancel on them? And what they will think is marriage and your marriage and their marriage is a real priority to you. Let me ask you a question. What will their wives think? You with me? But that goes both ways. When we sacrifice for each other, we communicate, I love you more than any of these other things. 
In fact, we should be looking for ways to sacrifice for our spouse so we're able to communicate this, these things. And sacrifice means sacrifice. It means something you really felt was important, something you really wanted to do, but you're not doing that now to show your devotion to your spouse. Amen? Amen. Next, please. I need you. You know, a lot of times we don't even communicate why we need each other. The Bible says we need each other. But sitting down and encouraging is one thing, but also saying, this is why I need you in my life and why I wouldn't be who I am or what I need or I wouldn't be able to accomplish what I do without you. This is what you do for me. That's very important for the other one to know that. How much you're needed. Again, brings so much completeness and intimacy in our relationship. Next, please. Grace. Showing each other grace. You know, we're sinners. And how do you feel when you know you have sinned and you deserve to get slam dunked and instead you get grace? That's good, isn't it? And what's that make you feel towards the other person that gave you grace? Intimacy. Intimacy. Right? We're at the airport. We're coming home from Cincinnati. And uh, we get to the airport, you know, visiting our families. We, I had a full day the next day. And so we, you know, we have our baggage when we get there. And uh, we, we, we look on the uh, thing. Mary made the trip, uh, the trip plan. The tra- you know, she got the tickets for us and everything. And so we get there and, uh, oh no, your tickets are for tomorrow. I look at her. She looks at me. In my heart I'm thinking, okay, I want to explode right now. I said, don't do that. Get busy and try to fix the situation and just don't express any form of displeasure. And so what I did is I tried, you know, I tried this, I tried that. I'm getting us a hotel room because they wouldn't let us go. I and mean, we had to pay this astronomical fee to do. You know, it's, it's just ridiculous what we were going to have to do. And so I got a hotel fee. I am patting myself on the back. You didn't blow up. You didn't get mad. You didn't even give them a disapproving look. What? What a dude. What a wonderfully gracious guy you are. And she was still, then she, she, she was upset with me. I, I said, how could you be upset with the paragon of grace? <laughs> and besides, you're the one that did the tickets. <laughs> and she said, Kevin, I needed, I'm feeling so guilty. I need you to express to me it's okay. I still love you. I still accept you. And I said, you're asking way too much. <laughs> But sometimes grace isn't that you're just mad at the other person or even that you're neutral and don't blow up at the other person. Grace is expressing to the other person, I still love you. I still care about you. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to be fine. It's going to be okay. I forgive you. You with me? That is express. That is, express. That is where intimacy comes, not neutrality. And I learned a big lesson that day. Next, please. We got to learn to lead husbands if we are going to have true intimacy. Wives want a hero; they want a leader. We need to be a leader in a home. Ephesians five says, "Husband, wash your wife, um, 
through the Word, right? That means you, God expects you, through the Bible, to lead your wife, reading scriptures, uh, praying with her, and leading her. Um, you know, one of the things I think that's important here for the husbands is this whole pornography thing has emasculated many, many men from leading in their homes. It's hard for you to lead in your home when you're looking at naked women on the internet and now you're supposed to spiritually lead your household and be intimate with your wife. There's no way that's happening. And uh, if you've got a problem with that, guys, God can change you. But you need to get really open and be super aggressive about, about changing that or you will not be a leader in your home. And uh, there's going to be a lot of bad things that take place. But husbands, we need to lead. There's issues in the home. A lot of times when I see issues come up in the home, the wife takes the issue and runs with it. You know, there's something comes up in the home, the wife is the one who takes it and, and, and tries to figure it out. Guys, if there's any issue in the home, you lead. You're the one to make sure the devotionals happen. You're trying to figure out spiritually where each member of that household is and what they need, and you make sure it gets provided. That's you. Now, can your wife help? She can help, absolutely. But you are the one to make sure, certain. You know, our kids were having trouble with their quiet times, and, and, uh, and so I decided to go through a book of the Bible and uh, have a couple verses each day, maybe five verses of a book of, uh, actually it was the Psalms for Olivia and it was a book of Proverbs for Stu. So I went through the whole book of Proverbs, the whole book of Psalms for each one of them, took a passage and then wrote out, let me tell you how I feel about you today, this is what it reminds me of today, and then gave them questions to answer. And then I did the same with Mary with the book of Hebrews. Why? Because I wanted, A, I wanted them to have great times with God, but B, I wanted there to be a spiritual connection. Now, it took me six months to do each book, but at the end of it, you give them a gift, and they still have those books, right? And so there's got to be, a, 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 for the men, you got to take, I'm going to take charge of my marriage spiritually, and I'm going to take charge of my family spiritually. That's on me. Buck stops here. If there's issues in the family, any issue at all, I'm the one that's going to drive this thing. Amen? Next, please. Take showers. Next, please. <laughs> You know, that's for the guys. Just be clean. You know what I'm saying. What else you got to say? Um, you know, this is kind of an above and beyond kind of a situation, isn't it, for marriage? Uh, yeah. That's uh, above. But guys, there are times we need to go above and beyond. Ladies that go above and beyond what's normal, kind of blow your spouse away, right? Mary did this thing the 12 days of Christmas uh, for me. And it's really nice. You walk into your room one, there's, she's dressed up like Santa Claus. But dressed up another one, you have, there's balloons all in the room, there's, uh, there's wine, there's cheese, you know, there's Christmas lights hanging all over the bedroom. You know what's in here? It does. But, but it's kind of above and beyond. You with me here? Guys, you just say, honey, uh, listen, we're going out uh, for a couple nights, a getaway. And they can say, uh, well, no, I got the kids, I got this, I got this, I got all these different things. And you say, no, I took care of it. What? Yeah, it's all, it's all taken care of. Above and beyond. Amen? Next slide, just last one. 
be your best friend. Be each other's best friend. Intimacy. This is, uh, this is what God desires in our relationship. So I love you. Thank you very much. Uh, my name is Dave Atkins. This is my lovely wife, Mary, and uh, we just want to respond.